taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. All right, all right. Let's jump into uh, some preaching. We've been in this series uh, entitled Be Grateful, and it's really just been to to try to just get our minds in a good place about just being thankful and grateful to God for all that God has done for us. Um, As I've talked about these last couple weeks, we can so often just find ourselves in these little funks where we you know, we're just kind of hemming and hawing and moving along with life and complaining about things not being the way that they should be and not stopping to uh, to demonstrate some gratefulness to God for the blessings that we are enjoying. So that's what this series is about. And it, it has been blessing me, uh, reminding me to uh, to engage in this, uh, this, this exercise and this discipline of gratitude. And I hope that it is doing the same for you guys. Uh, this week, I want to look at First uh, Thessalonians chapter five. Uh, we're going to be looking at verses uh, sixteen through eighteen. First Thessalonians chapter five, verses sixteen through eighteen. It's a somewhat familiar passage passage of scripture. Hear you the word of the Lord. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for giving us a chance to hear your word. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will speak through me to these, your people, in a way that is meaningful, uh, in a way that is impactful and transformational. Help us to leave this service better than we were when we came. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. For a few minutes, uh, not for a long time, I just want to talk to you guys about always give thanks. Always give thanks. Paul is one of my uh, favorite New Testament writers, right? Uh, now, some of what Paul has written is controversial, and so I, I, I do wrestle with uh, some of the things that Paul has written, and I struggle with, you know, where does this fit into uh, this is cultural because this is Paul being a person of his time, and what things are uh, just meant to be for all times. And so uh, I struggle with some of Paul's writing, but I never struggle with this notion about Paul, this I deeply believe in regarding Paul, is that Paul is indeed anointed and Paul knew something about suffering. Never question that. I I, I, I recognize this um, about Paul, right? Paul says that he was shipwrecked. He spent a night and a day in the open sea. Uh, some years ago, uh, Carla and I were on a Mediterranean cruise, and I remember going out on the balcony of the cruise ship. It was out on it was on the Mediterranean Sea, and I remember one night going out uh, on the balcony uh, of our stateroom and noticing how dark it was. And I remember thinking at that time about Paul being shipwrecked and spending a night and a day in the open sea, and what that must have felt like. And to be there because he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ all night 
middle of the dark Mediterranean Sea. I have never seen darkness in the way that I have seen it over that sea. Paul said that five times he received from the Jews 39 slashes. Uh, three times, excuse me, 39 lashes. Three times he was beaten with rods and Paul says that once he was stoned and he was left for dead. Paul lived significantly a life that engaged suffering. Paul had developed this thing called contentment, though, that gave him the ability to um, have happiness regardless of what was actually happening in his life. I have a huge amount of respect for Paul because of this kind of life that he lived. And so that's why when I reach verses like today's verse or today's verses, verses 16 through 18, where Paul tells the church at Thessalonica to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing and to give thanks in all circumstances. When I reach passages like that, that Paul writes, it hits a little differently. The reason that it hits differently is because it's coming from somebody who is not delusional when it comes to life. You see, Paul had received his share of the battering and bruising that life brings. And so Paul, Paul has credibility when, when he says stuff like rejoice always, pray constantly and give thanks despite the circumstances that you're in. That, that hits differently because Paul has this credibility, which is significant. And so as we go into this Thanksgiving week, as we kick off this Thanksgiving week in the midst of a series on gratitude, I, I simply want to press upon you Paul's charge to these Christians that he gave them almost 2,000 years ago. And I want to press this upon you in hopes that they will set you on a path to gratefulness. Now, Paul writes this uh, to the church at Thessalonica. Uh, through reading the context or through reading the, the, this entire letter that Paul originally written, we learn a few things about these Christians who were a part of the um, body of believers, uh, the church, if you will, at a little place called Thessalonica. We, we know, first of all, from reading the context that they were an afflicted church. In verse 3 of chapter 3, it references these afflictions. Now, we don't know what these afflictions are. And, and sometimes when we don't quite know exactly the background of what's happening in Scripture, it actually works to our benefit because it helps us use our imagination and it enables us to fill in the blank with our own afflictions. Again, I do not know what theirs was. Perhaps it was some dangerous persecution. Perhaps there was some devastation or disease that had broken out. Uh, perhaps there was sickness in their midst. Perhaps there is a famine and uh, folks are experiencing starvation. Perhaps there is some other disaster going on economically, perhaps, and Folks have fallen on hard times. We do not know what has happened. Perhaps it is a medley of all of those things. And so rather than it being one thing or another, it is one thing and another. And some of us can absolutely identify with what that life is like. Yeah, for some of us, we are living that right now. It is not one thing or another, but life is dealing us one thing and another. 
Yes. We do not know what these afflictions are, but we do know from the context, chapter 3, verse 3, that they were an afflicted church. Uh, We learn from chapter 3, verse 4, that they were a forewarned church. Uh, Because Paul references there that he told them that these kinds of afflictions were likely to come up. Again, we don't know what the afflictions are, but we do know that Paul forewarned them that life is not going to be easy, that life is going to be filled with, as they would say, swift transitions, that that life is going to be filled with some ups and downs, that the Christian life is not a ticket into an easy breezy life, but that the Christian life comes with some struggles. Uh, We learn from the text that Paul forewarned them of that. But then we also learn from verse 6, by way of context, in chapter 3, that they were a triumphant church. Uh, Paul says that Timothy brought back good news about their faith. Uh, Effectively, that even though they had experienced some things, some difficult things, some trying things, Paul was pleased to learn that even though things got shaky within the church, around the church, their faith remained stable. Paul says in verse 6 that Timothy brought back good news on their faith. And so then Paul moves from there to essentially tell the Thessalonian church, I want y'all to keep on keeping on. He tells them to essentially keep doing what you're doing. He does that in chapter 4, verse 1. He says, finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. When we get down to chapter 5, which is where the sermon that I'm preaching about today, when we get down to chapter 5 where that is, Paul issues three charges for the Christians to follow. He says, I want y'all to rejoice always. I want y'all to pray without ceasing. And in all things, I want y'all to give thanks. I want to just for a few minutes just take these one by one. I want us to look at them hoping to glean something from them in a way that these early Christians would have gleaned something when they heard this letter that was read by Paul. Let's take them one by one. First of all, Paul tells them, rejoice always. That's what I want to look at first is rejoice. Now, that word rejoice means effectively to be glad. He is essentially pointing to the disposition that they should be opting into. Now, there are certain people that I notice they move through life uh, and they move through the world with this sort of like grace and happiness and this radiating spirit that ends up being infectious. And it seems that this uh, this disposition that they have is detached from the actual things that are happening in their lives. All of us have met somebody like this, Uh, these type of people that are just simply a joy to to be able to be around, that their joy helps lift us up when we're around them. These people embody the lyrics to a song that I remember used to be saying in the church when I was growing up. They used to sing this song that that said, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. Uh, The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. It is this kind of disposition that Paul tells the Christians in Thessalonica to embrace. Uh, Paul says effectively to them that I want y'all to embody this kind of sentiment. I want to raise the question to you this morning. What would it look like for you to be intentional over the next week about being joyful? 
Uh, some of you don't love your job. Some of you don't have things at home. Some of you uh, have things at home that are causing you frustration. Uh, some of you have money worries, health worries, family worries. But what if you made the decision to be subversive and to protest the negative reality in your life with the decision to opt into gladness anyway? Yeah, Paul says, rejoice always. Uh, next, he says, I not only want y'all to rejoice always, whether situations are good in your life or whether or not you are facing challenges and turmoil in your life. I want you to exude this, this gladness, this, this joyful disposition. Not only does he say that, but he also says, I want y'all to pray continuously. Now, many people around the world over these last couple of weeks have been uh, contemplating the reality of a world without the platform called Twitter. Uh, it, it, it has, talking about Twitter, it, it has become a significant part of how we communicate with one another. And it has become a major way that we gather information uh, around the world. Uh, Twitter has served as this just tremendous tool that has helped us uh, as people communicate and in some cases be able to communicate with millions of followers. And it's likewise been a tool for millions of followers to be able to communicate back to the folks that they follow. It's an incredible tool, Twitter is. I have used it for uh, a, almost a decade and a half at this point. Twitter's a crazy, incredible tool. But may I say to you that prayer is likewise an incredible communication tool. Because just like Twitter, through it, the billions of God followers can communicate to God and God can communicate back to them. Yes, the problem that we have is one that Paul foresaw as well. That problem is that people just don't use the platform enough. Yes, prayer does for me what writing a task list or a to-do list in the morning does. It gets things out of my head and off of my heart and it places them somewhere else. And when I'm done, I feel better. And whatever that thing is that is causing me concern or worry, I tend to feel better when I talk to God about it. And so I have a question for you this morning. When was the last time that you talked to God about it? The things that are that are, that you are trying to figure out and the things that you are trying to work out. When was the last time that you talked to God about it? You see, prayer is our tool. It is our platform for communicating to the God who created us and sustains us and saved us and loves us and cares for us. And the good thing is that God is sufficient enough in power to handle anything that we could ever throw at or give God through prayer. Yes, prayer is, our, prayer is our way of asking God, but it is also our way of confessing. It is also our way of thanking. It is also our way of worshiping. And some of you need this more than anything. This last part, prayer is our way of releasing. Yes, Paul says, pray continuously. Let it be the way that you start your day. Let it be how you ground yourself again midday. Let it be how you end your work day. Let it be how you preface a meal. Let it be how you prep for sleep at night. Pray continuously. 
Thirdly and finally, Paul says, give thanks. Notice in the text when he when he says, give thanks, notice when he says one should do it. He says in all things or in all circumstances, give thanks. What he's getting at here is that it is, it is easy to be thankful to God on the sunny days. But if you live long enough, them storm clouds are going to come. Yes, trouble will pay a visit to your address. Sweet days get some bitter days mixed in with them. Paul says there are going to be some days that are just not good. Yes, Paul's push here is for Christians to muster the ability to give thanks to God and to be grateful even during tough times. Yeah, Paul is pushing uh, the believers, and I likewise push you this morning, uh, pushing, I, I likewise push you this morning to be able to muster the will to say like Job, the Lord gives and the Lord has taken away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Yes, being able to be thankful, to be grateful to God, no matter what the circumstance. As I get ready to close, I want to challenge you this week as we head into Thanksgiving to start your list of things that you can be grateful for. I know we typically do it around the Thanksgiving table. Some families go around in circles and say something that they're thankful for. And, and in the midst of all of the busyness of getting ready for Thanksgiving, if you're a, a person who cooks or if you're a person who uh, watches football, or if you're a person who does both, we can busy ourselves with all those other things such that we are simply reactive when it comes time to say what we are thankful for around the table. And so whatever quickly pops to our mind, we tend to just say that thing. Let me challenge you this year. Starting today, beginning of the week of Thanksgiving, start writing your own list. Jot, jot it down in your notebook. Put it in your notes on your phone. Uh, whatever is most convenient and, and most uh, relevant for you, but start your list of things that you are grateful for. L look at not only the, the, the great blessings and benefits, the obvious things that have happened in your life. Yes, indeed, recount those and write those down, but even start tracing through the challenging times that you have had this year. What are you grateful for? How has God in God's own way, shown up, still taking care of you in the midst of situations that were definitely difficult, definitely trying, definitely exhausting. How has God done that? Write those things down. And we'll begin to discover things like, oh, wow, some things didn't work out at work the way I, I wanted them to this year, but God did X. Oh, oh, wow, there, I, I experienced some loss in, in my family or, or within my, my, my circle this year, but, but God kept me and comforted me and gave me the strength to make it through that very difficult season this year. God, thank you. You, you see here, it is in the gloominess, in the darkness, still uh, noticing that the way that God allowed God's light to shine even in the midst of that. Write your list. Write your list. 
write your list. And so this week, we're writing our list and we're being intentional about trying to move with a joyful disposition no matter what the week throws our way. How can I opt into joy and be that person that just exudes joy and gladness no matter what? Uh, this week, we are, are, are intentionally moving with a prayerful habit. Let me push you. Start your day off with some prayer. Let me push you. Midday, bring it down for a minute. Pray. Before your meals this week, be intentional. Pray. If there's nothing else but to tell God, thank you for the meal. Pray. But when you end your work day, pray. But when you are shutting down for the night to get ready to go to sleep, pray. Pray continuously. And then the third thing that we're doing is we are moving with a grateful disposition. We are giving thanks in all circumstances. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for uh, just charging us through your word to engage with some very basic spiritual disciplines, but that can be so difficult to stick through. Moving through life with a disposition of joy, being prayerful always, and continuously being prayerful, and then also, God, being thankful no matter what the situation. I pray, God, that you will give us this kind of joyful, grateful, prayerful disposition. In Jesus' name, amen.